to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, travelers. Hey, squaddy. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Travel Squad Podcast. Today, we are taking you down to Puebla, Mexico to explore this area and recount my birthday trip that I went on last November. I went on this trip with my boyfriend. We stayed at his cousin's house in Puebla, but we also explored some of the nearby towns like Cholula and spent a night in Mexico City, so you're going to get a threefer in this episode. I'm really excited to hear about this episode, Kim, because obviously Jamal and I were not there. And then also, I had never really heard of Puebla before or some of the other cities that you had gone to. All I knew was that Puebla is a little bit out of Mexico City and you have to take a bus to get there. And otherwise, I really haven't heard about this trip much. I All I saw was your social media posts. I'm really excited for you to dive in and share with our listeners, especially because I think smaller cities in Mexico, and I'm not even sure how small these are, but in comparison to Mexico City smaller, often get overlooked. And I think that this is going to be a great opportunity for people who are even in Mexico City to do some day trips or weekend trips to these destinations if they're visiting that area. Keeping with the theme of Brittany, I'm super excited because you know we here at the Travel Squad podcast love, 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 love Mexico. Brittany and I, we live a couple exits away easy for us to travel throughout. And so Puebla, ironically, Brittany said, you know, not too familiar with. I'm familiar enough with it. You know, she says small city, thinking that's the case. It's actually the fourth largest city in Mexico, if I remember off the top of my head. So it is large, but from what I... You yes. all with, with what you know. And I was going to ask you if you guys had any awareness of Puebla before this, but of course you do. You're a historian. I have... A vague recollection and understanding of Puebla. I'm excited to know more about this trip. I know you said it's kind of like a two for three for and how you kind of really hop because it is so close to a lot of different places. I know that the city center is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So there's that going for it. And it's actually starting to become really, really popular on the travel scene. So this is as much knowledge as I have about it. Excited to hear about your trip. Get inspired for another place in Mexico to go, because even though, again, Brittany maybe described it as small, it is one of those things where if it's not Mexico City or a tourist destination along the coast, a lot of places in Mexico are really overlooked. And there's these towns and cities that just have distinct charm. And I know that to be a Puebla. It's definitely a charming city. So Puebla, you're right. It's the fourth largest city in Mexico. It's about a two hour drive from Mexico City. When you think about geography-wise, it's east-central Mexico. It is known for having gorgeous colonial architecture, a deep culinary history, and I'll get into that a little bit, and pottery, and I'll also get into that a little bit. 
but I, I thought it was super charming. It was giving me Guanajuato vibes a little bit, but it's a very unique city of its own. And you're totally right. It It's way lesser known, but amazing. And if you're in Mexico City and have a couple extra days, I'd highly recommend going. You know, Kim, real quick before you get deep into it, I'm just really curious to find out because I like we've said again, we know it's the fourth largest city, but photos and everything that I've seen online, I know you said the colonial, I'm sure there are some skyscrapers, but is it more like not it, like spread out large versus tall, tall skyscrapers and it has that colonial style architecture because I'm trying in my head and I'm thinking of parallels to when we, we were in Kyoto, Japan which is a very large city, but they don't have skyscrapers and it's more like classical. So would you say Puebla kind of has that same feel? And I know you weren't in Japan, but based off of how I described it, would you kind of make that correlation and describe it that way? Large, but still classical in a way. From the parts of it that I saw, I wouldn't call it like a New York City skyscraper type situation. They definitely have modern, new, and beautiful buildings and a lot of wealth in Puebla. But there's also parts of it, like the historic center, where it's still got that really colonial charm. There's a ton of really beautiful gold gilded churches around there. So it has a lot of that, too. Well, I would imagine if it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site in the downtown area, there's only so many modifications that they can do to that area because they want to keep they want to preserve it and keep it historic. So that makes sense to see those gilded, beautiful churches in that area, probably just as they were years and years and years ago were restored to be what they were in those times. But Kim, I am so excited for you to dive into tips. Why don't you start us off there with some tips about Puebla? Just a couple tips for Puebla. Uber's available. So if you're going, you can definitely catch an Uber. I find that a lot of times Uber can be more affordable than taxis and um, sometimes more convenient too. Lyft does not run though. I know you guys are big Lyft people. We are, yeah. And I am too, by the way, because when you connect your Southwest or Chase credit cards, you can get points for Delta by using Lyft with your credit card. Very good hack. We do that, Kim, all the time. Love, love, love Lyft. But sometimes you got to rock Uber and Uber is more prevalent in other countries than in the U.S. Case in point, Pueblo, Mexico, Uber only. And then you can also schedule Uber. So this isn't really a tip just for Puebla, but a lot of people don't know this. If you have like an early morning flight or... You're in a place that you're not sure will be able to catch an Uber or say it's going to be a really busy time like a festival. You can schedule the Uber so it's guaranteed to be there on time. And I have done it many times with great success. That's a great tip, Kim. A great general tip for everywhere and even in the U.S. because I know that you've used it here too. But that's a great tip for Pueblo as well. One that I used on this trip, so I had to add it here. And then my third and final tip is watch for local tours. I was feeling really ambitious and I booked a tour to go out and see some waterfalls because there were some gorgeous waterfalls in Puebla, but not really realizing that it's quite a ways away. And I thought the tour was going to pick you up in Puebla, take you on the tour and bring you back. That wasn't the case, though. You have to show up to the meeting point, which was a couple hours away. So we ended up not doing that tour, even though we had purchased the tickets, which ended up being fantastic. But just keep that in mind when booking tours in Puebla. Mexico, or really any other country in their local tours. Did you realize it in enough time to cancel a tour? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so dive right into our trip. Where did you leave out of? How long did it take to get there? Tell us all about that. Okay. So this was a trip that went Thursday to Monday. Left Thursday from Austin, flew to Mexico City, 
had a layover in Houston. You know I hit the lounge. It was okay. What was the spread? The spread was not memorable, but there were free drinks. Okay, that's always good. (laughs) Well, I know you hit the lounge in Mexico City. Mexico City has tons of lounges in the airport. Coming home, I did, and that lounge is the best lounge in the world outside of Dubai. Whoa, bold statement. (laughs) So we landed Puebla, and because of the layover and whatnot, we get in towards, you know, later in the day. The bus station is actually in the airport, so you don't have to leave the airport. You walk to the bus area, get your bus ticket, but don't make the mistake we did of buying beers in the airport and thinking we're going to bring them onto the bus because you actually have to go through another security to get onto the bus, and they don't take your beers away, but they do make you check them underneath the bus. Oh, wow. So you said you landed in Puebla. Oh, sorry. I meant I landed in Mexico City, and then we went to the bus station within the airport to take that bus to Puebla. Okay, got it. And about what would you say is the cost of a bus ticket from Mexico City to Puebla, number one? And number two, is it something that you have to book in advance or you think you need reservations or they have so many buses that, hey, just show up, buy your ticket, you're good to go? There are buses leaving like every 30 minutes and the price was, I want to say around 30, but definitely less than 50. And you're talking US dollars, not pesos, I have to imagine, right? Correct. Okay, because I was going to say at 50 pesos, you had me really excited at 250 (laughs) for a, a bus ticket. And is that one way? Or round trip? That is one way. And I've been on other buses in Mexico that gave sandwiches and water. And this one did provide a water bottle, but unfortunately, no sandwich. And they took away your beers. Yes. We did get some food in the airport, though. So it was all good. Okay. Hey, squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon-lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy-free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Travel Squad Podcast at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian Island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, 
driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. So once we arrived in Puebla, Louis's cousin picked us up and we went straight to a place that they know and that they love for dinner and drinks. Now, I just want to caveat to everyone listening. I am not of Latin descent and I cannot pronounce a lot of these Spanish words. So I'm going to butcher a lot of things in this episode, but just give me a little bit of grace. <laughs> so the restaurant name that we went to is Agua Lumbre Cocina y Destilados. Told you I was going to butcher it, but it's an amazing restaurant. If you are going to Puebla, I would highly recommend it. It's gorgeous. The interior design is gorgeous. They have a mezcaleria inside of there, so the cocktails were amazing. I can't remember the name of the cocktail I got, but it was delicious, and it had a salt, kind of like tahine-looking rim on it. Mm. It's crushed up worm. Crushed up worm? Yeah, and it was actually good. <laughs> I've never had a worm in Mexico quite yet, Kim, so you beat us to it by having the worm. Won't lie. I would love to ask our squatties tequila or mezcal. So I'm gonna when this episode airs, we're gonna have to post that poll because mezcal has a very distinct flavor. I think it kind of tastes smoky, mm -hmm. and it's not my favorite. I love tequila. I'm a die-hard tequila fan, but some people love mezcal. To me, though, it tastes like a uh, rubber tire. But <laughs> some people love it. Yeah, it can be a little bit harsh, but when you make it in a good cocktail, it's really good. And I think after JP's wedding after party, that was the drink there, mezcal and Jamaica juice. And ever since then, I have loved it. It's really good. Kim, tell me real quick a little bit, because I know you said you were staying with Louis' cousins. So obviously, to a degree, you had local guides. They're from there. And I know we talk a lot of times sometimes, too, about how... It's really great if you have a local kind of show you around because you'll get a lot more insight and see cooler things than when you do research online. So I would just want to throw this out to the squaddies. If you have friends living in any city in the U.S. that you haven't been to or even internationally, you know, you go in somewhere, hit them up because they are definitely going to know a lot more. But what type of insight do you think you got a little bit? And how do you think your trip would be different if you didn't have those local guides, so to speak? I'm so glad you brought that up because it would have been totally different. Louis' cousin's birthday was also the same week of mine, so we were kind of celebrating. And he's got a lot of friends and very social, loves to party. So we did a lot of that. <laughs> and, um, and the places that we go out to eat, they already know them. They're driving. And so if we had done this on our own, we would have probably explored more and popped into places and bopped around a little bit more. Whereas on this trip, we kind of knew where we were going and I didn't even know where we were going, but they knew where we were going. <laughs> right. It was why well, do you remember your post from this night? You guys, it looked like you guys had a lot to drink and there was some good food at this restaurant, right? We did. So we had a, a couple of drinks there, some really great like tacos and cheese and small bites and whatnot. And then right after that, we changed in the car and went clubbing. We hit Hakazan. Hakazan. Hakazan Puebla, Kim. 
No, I, I don't remember the name of the club. There's actually a lot of clubs in Puebla. Great nightlife scene there. But we got bottle service, VIP table. We were dancing. A bunch of their friends came. Oh, and they were playing American music, too. So it was like Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, and like Louis' cousin. And all of his friends are um, like gay boys. And so they were just the funnest people to dance with at the club. They were so cool. That's great. Sounds right up your alley with the uh, VIP. <laughs> bottle service and clubbing <laughs> but ha real question how late did you stay out because you're over 30 so i kind of wonder like what your tolerance is these days to staying out and clubbing well before kim answers i'm going to come into her defense we've had this conversation when kim is in another country she can rage it when kim is domestic in the u.s kim over 30 reigns supreme you are absolutely right jamal you have my back because i'll go up to like 5 a.m this night wow okay I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So that was Thursday. Friday, when we woke up, we woke up to the most beautiful views. His house is at the La Vista Country Club. He literally lives on a golf course. His backyard has no fence. It is the golf course. So there's, you know, golf daddies roaming around on their golf courts. And there's a gorgeous view of volcano from the patio. So we're just sitting out there and we're having champagne because it's our birthdays and brings out a birthday cake and we have, you know, little bites to eat. So we had a really relaxing morning slash afternoon out there and that was nice. After that, once the sun kind of started going down, we, you know, got ready to go out for the night. We were planning to hit another club that night, but before that we needed to go get dinner. And we went to the cutest district. It's called Val Curico. And it's basically a foot traffic only district made of cobblestone streets. It feels very medieval, very Italian or European style village. Super, super quaint. It has tons of boutique shops, cafes, restaurants. There were people playing live music. There was even somebody riding around on a horse lighting up all the fire pits and fire torches out here. Wow, that does sound really medieval. When you first said that it was a pedestrian-only city, it reminded me of Venice, how you can only drive so far, and then other than that, you have to walk all of the canals and streets and alleys and things like that. So immediately it put me like in a European-style vibe in this city. Yeah, it was like that. I would say if you're comparing it to Venice, it'd be a lot smaller. There's tons of parking and a lot and then you kind of walk into it and kind of a smaller district you could definitely spend a few hours there but not like venice where you would spend like a week there or a weekend there but it was really really cute we went to this great italian restaurant and had really good pasta and sangria and then um we kind of wrapped it up there and after walking around just a little bit we you know i think at this point it was probably like not eight or nine p.m., which was too early to hit the club. We were get, we were thinking about going to the club at like I don't know midnight. <laughs> but I was kind of tired. You know, we had this relaxing morning with champagne and whatnot, and so we were day drinking. And I came over thirty. I couldn't really pull it out for the second night. <laughs> hey, sometimes you need a little rest and relaxation. It looks like you guys still had a good second day. So. No complaining on that. And what day was it that you were supposed to go to the waterfall? This was going to be the next day, Saturday. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we went to sleep 
you know, we stayed up kind of late anyway. I would say like 1 a.m., even though we were just hanging out at the house after dinner. So we we went to sleep after that. We were planning to wake up and attempt to get a bus to where they were going to pick us up for the tour. But by the time we woke up, I just didn't feel like it, honestly. <laughs> That's okay, you know, while you're on vacation, don't force yourself always to do things you don't necessarily want to do in the moment. So... Um, I could totally see it both ways. I feel like if you could, if you did go, you would have enjoyed it and had a really good time. But if that's not what you were feeling, it's okay to say like, all right, we're going to skip this this time and do something else instead. Yeah, that's a, a really good tidbit there, especially when it is a vacation where you are doing a lot of celebrating. Try not to overexert yourself with morning plans. <laughs> But I'm actually glad that we didn't go because on Saturday, we were able to explore some of the nearby cities. And if we had gone to the waterfall tour, we wouldn't have been able to see Cholula. And Cholula is a city that's nearby Puebla. It's just a short drive away. I want to say like 15-ish minutes. And it is a great city. You may hear the word Cholula and be thinking of a certain hot sauce. I was going to ask, did you bring any back? Real authentic one. No, we didn't bring any back, but this is where the name comes from. It, it does originate there. And, and so I mentioned earlier that culinary history that's here, and it certainly does exist here. Mole poblano is another form of uh, mole that is really good. I love mole, so I was really, really excited to try it. There were a number of things on my list that I wanted to do or buy or see, and this was one of them. So when we went to Cholula, we were walking around a little bit, and the first thing I noticed is there's shopping everywhere. Every like store you look into, there's markets, there's vendors, like tons of shopping. So I'm looking around, my eyes are all wide and excited. We end up going into this market. It's a food market, so I can't exactly remember the name, but I love food markets in Mexico. There's just meat hanging everywhere. There's cheese, there's vegetables. Like we don't really have that type of experience here in the US. So I love to see that in Mexico and other countries. And this was kind of like that. And then they have these really small enclaves where there's restaurants and there's, you know, stews and everything all around. So we sat down there, we got a mole poblano and a couple of other things. What makes mole poblano unique from other moles is it's still that thick sauce, but it's a rich red, like dark reddish brown color. It has chilies, fruits, nuts, seeds, and Mexican chocolate. And it's just a really unique spin on that flavor. It was very, very delicious. That sounds really good, Kim. And what I was thinking of as you were talking about the market was it gave me Cusco vibes when we would see the markets in Cusco and they would have the meat hanging and then you know, get the big gorgeous avocados and then like little restaurants inside so that you could try some of the different cuisines. That's the type of vibe that, although I wasn't there, it gave me. <laughs> well, you are spot on. It's like you were there. And there's tons of other shopping too. You there, you know, there's tons of vendors for drinks. So micheladas, I got a mojito, like the most beautiful, extra large gourmet mojito I've ever had. And then you can walk around and kind of shop and take in the sights with your drink, which is really nice. It's like, it's allowed, but people aren't obnoxious about it, which is really cool. Um, but this area is really cool. We sat down somewhere, had another drink, and the place that we sat down, not that it's a memorable place, there's a lot of places to sit down, but what was really cool about it is that right behind us are ancient pyramids. Oh, that's so awesome. 
And you know how I feel about ancient pyramids. Uh-huh. You know, I actually am well aware that there are pyramids in Cholula and ruins. And I was going to say, if Kim didn't go, I was going to be completely shocked. So I'm happy to hear that you actually went. I won't even attempt to pronounce the name of this pyramid, but you can also call it the Great Pyramid of Cholula. And I've seen pyramids in other places that have the tip still. This one does not have the tip. And you know how we feel about the tips, so. Tip always count. That's a shame. <laughs> I loved it because it's really, really intact with the part that's still there and just looks absolutely amazing, but the tip was not there. So I know some pyramids you can climb up and like get great views from and some of them don't anymore. Is this one that still allows you to climb up it or near it? to get a great view out or not? Unfortunately, you're not able to climb up it. There's a fence around it, but there is a hill with a million stairs that you can climb next to it. Once you start climbing those stairs, you kind of lose the pyramid site altogether. But what's cool at the top of this hill is there's this beautiful church up there that you can go inside, Our Lady of Remedies Church, it's a 16th century Mexican Catholic church. It has gorgeous, like, gold gilding inside. It was really, really pretty. And then, of course, from the top of that hill, you have amazing 360 views of the area. That's amazing. It sounds like a beautiful site, and I'm glad you got to visit the pyramid and the church because who doesn't love a little twofer? And you probably didn't realize at the beginning of the day that this was going to be an easy day, did you? No. <laughs> No, I didn't. And it was kind of warm too. So I was just going to say for any squatties out there, you should really Google the Great Pyramid of Cholula and just get an image of this. It's really interesting. It's like what is left of the pyramids that the Toltec, because a lot of people in Mexico would think Mayan, Aztec, but it's the Toltecs who built this one. It is into that hillside, like you said, missing the top. And then, of course, the church is up there. But when you were up at the church, I know um, from images that there's this really beautiful volcano that you can see from there. So when you're at the top, tell us a little bit about it, because a lot of people don't realize the surrounding area of Mexico City is all volcanic. And I know you're not too far from Mexico City in this area. So did you get a good view of the volcano that's right there? Yeah, we were able to see the volcano. And there's a couple volcanoes around that area. I'd mentioned the... Um, at his cousin's house on the golf course, there's a volcano view from his window and you can see it from the patio and that's really cool and what's really cool too is that these volcanoes are still active so pretty regularly they smoke up it wasn't like that when we saw it but that's really cool you also mentioned that when you were in Cholula um, and at the marketplace there was a ton of shopping did you do any personal shopping for yourself of course I did <laughs> we went I know that's why I had to ask <laughs> We went into a few places and there was this lamp that's made of quartz and it's like a rectangle lamp, really heavy and beautiful the way the light comes through. And I had been looking at them not that long before going and I'd seen some pretty hefty prices on them. So when I saw this one in Cholula and it was pretty affordable, I think it was 30 US dollars, I took that home for sure. Even though I had almost no room in my suitcase, I still made it work. Kim's going to have to post a picture when this episode launches yeah, so you guys will all see. 
It's gorgeous at night. Oh my God, it's so pretty. And then the other thing I got was this figurine decor piece of a white and black jaguar. And it's probably like a foot long and it sits on my um, credenza underneath my TV. And I love it and it's beautiful. Very nice. You know, when we were in Morocco, we picked up a lamp too. And before we used to be like pretty much only picking up Christmas ornaments because we're not big knickknack people. But I feel like when it really adds decor to your home and you have a spot for it, it's a different type of experience when you go shopping. Totally. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like a bunch of little things everywhere, but like a lamp or a decor piece. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cholula is also really cool. Like, you could really spend a lot of time here. I think we only spent, you know, four hours or so here. But during that time, right by the pyramids where we were walking around with our mojitos, there were also entertainment performers there. I'm not sh- I'm sure there's a name for it, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. But they are on ropes. There's two people on ropes, and they go up to the top of the pole, and then they swing around it until they get back down to the ground and it takes them maybe five ten minutes to get back to the ground so they're doing that the whole time there's you know tons of vendors and shopping and we the one last thing that we did here that we really wanted to do in mexico city last time we had gone but we didn't end up getting the chance to was get tacos de canasta and these are a certain type of fried taco that are only sold off of the back of someone riding their bike through town So you have to catch them with tacos and only certain times a day. That sounds kind of fun. Like that's like a lot of adventure trying to find these tacos, where to get them. And someone's like cruising around town with them. I've never heard of them, but that sounds really awesome. Yeah. We wanted to get it in Mexico City because I think it's the, uh, oh, I can't remember what neighborhood it is, but there's a certain neighborhood in Mexico City that sells them. So we were not expecting to see them in Cholula at all. But when we saw the guy with the bike, we knew what he had. And we like were like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he stopped and came back for us. And they were amazing. So continuing on with our tour of the area, from Cholula, we went and drove back to Puebla because there was a few certain things that I wanted to get on my list that I had going. On my list, I, I had this particular piece of pottery, this like serving dish, and I had the Callejón de los Sabos that I really wanted to see. Luckily, we got both of those in the same area. So when you get to Puebla, you'll see tons of vendors. Like if you thought Cholula had shopping, Puebla has shopping. And they have a lot of pottery and a lot of really beautiful hand-painted pottery. And so the piece that I had in my mind that I knew I wanted is this very large, like, circular serving dish as the base. And then inside of it, there are, like, six or so smaller serving dishes that form the circle. And then Mm -hmm. a dip dish in the middle. All of the pieces are individual, so you could take them out. And I had originally seen this last time we'd gone to Veracruz. We went into a restaurant and they had this. And it was the coolest thing. There was like carne asada here and chicken in this one and guac in this one and limes in this one. And then, you know, so it was just the most amazing like family style dish for eating Mexican food. And I loved it. And so I knew like that area was kind of known for this type of stuff. And I was hoping to find one, but wasn't trying to get my hopes up. But luckily, we went to the Callejón de los Sabos and boom, bam, bam. They were everywhere. Kim, I actually think it's Callejón de los Sapos with a P instead of a B on that. 
and it actually translates to Alley of the Frogs, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to work on my Spanish a little bit, so I'm pretty confident that that's what that is. But um, nonetheless... If you're looking it up, then you're probably seeing beautiful, colorful, artistic. It, it's the most gorgeous alley, alleyway, I should say. It's more like a street. It has installations where you can take pictures. Like we took one with this giant photo frame and the gorgeous street behind us. There's tons of vendors. It's very, very artsy in this area. Very creative. That's where that hand-painted pottery comes in. Like everything is just decorated and beautiful. And I think that's why I was kind of getting Guanajuato vibes here because it, mm -hmm. it's got that artsiness to it. So Kim, you had talked about the serving dish that you just purchased and you went in November. So have you used it yet? Oh yeah, definitely. We always use it for taco night because you can separate everything and it's just really cute. <laughs> I just imagine it, imagine using it for taco night because you could do your meat, your cheese, your guacamole, your salsa, all in different little dishes and then get what you want or what you don't want and then just make your own little plate for it yeah it's really good for that I, I think you could do an assortment of appetizers like different types of chips or nuts and things like that too and veggies and dip mm -hmm. i don't like my food to touch you know multi-use <laughs> serving platter <laughs> this part of pueblo is really really cute super walkable this is where those the architecture comes in beautiful churches there's people everywhere and I find that a lot in Mexico and I love that about it people families couples sitting on benches just enjoying the parks and the plazas and it's very much happening in this area that's really cool and that's one of my favorite things about when we go to other countries is parks are a big deal and you see people in their everyday lives just going to the park sitting having a drink hanging out with friends and that's something that needs to be brought here to the U.S. as like a cultural thing. But that's really cool that you got to experience that while you're out there because that's one of my favorite things when we go to other countries is seeing that. This is one of the times that if we had done this trip on our own, we probably would have gotten a table down, you know, courtside where people were sitting and walking around. But instead of doing that, we went with his cousin up to a rooftop restaurant, which I loved. It was doesn't surprise me that you found a rooftop bar or a restaurant while you were there, Kim. And it was amazing. It was called Hook Black Restaurant in the Central Historic District. It's got a gorgeous view of what's going on down below. It's got a gorgeous view of some of the churches around there. The rooftop is amazing. It's kind of more of a classy place. So some of the dishes were a little unique, a little more seafoody. Had great mezcal cocktails here too. And if you want to really have a dinner, I think it would be really great to get a steak there because they actually bring the steaks out to your table side for you to choose the one that you want. So they love that. Yeah, it's like that super high touch service. You can expect that there. And I, I do wish that we had more time in Puebla because it would have been nice to walk around and explore and take things a little slower here. But even though it was several days of a trip, it, it went by really fast. And then, you know, when you're with a local there, you're kind of going to the places that they they really like and they want to take you to. So I definitely need to go back. But at, at this point, we kind of wrapped it up and went back to the house because it was his cousin's birthday and my birthday. He was having a birthday party at another house. You love a good party. Oh, and it was amazing. And this was not just any party. 
There were tables set up with tablecloths and a giant balloon arch and hors d'oeuvres being passed and music and people singing and, you know, his friends came over. Everybody was dressed up nice. So that was really fun. Dancing and everybody was super nice and friendly. It sounds literally right up your alley. Like, I think I would have pretended it was my dirty 30 again. It was really fun. And, you know, we were kind of hungry because at this at the restaurant that we had gone to on the rooftop, we didn't really eat a lot. We had a, you know, a couple bites of things, but not a full on meal. So we were kind of starving when we got back to the house and the party was getting going. We actually Uber Eats some food to the house. So they do have Uber Eats there. It was a pastor restaurant and we got everything like quesadilla tacos, deconstructed quesadilla <laughs> was the best pastor I've ever had in my life. It was so good off of Uber Eats. <laughs> I'm getting really jealous hearing about it because I love me some good pastor when I am in Mexico. And it's one of those things where pastor could either be like hit or miss. Sometimes you get it and it's kind of like dry and not very good. But when you get primetime pastor, it's good. <laughs> so we went to bed at about 3 a.m. and the party was definitely still going. We could hear people singing at the top of their lungs until like 8 in the morning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in the morning when we came down, a few people were still up and like getting ready to go to bed. And they were like, what time did you go to sleep? And we said 3 a.m. They're like, well, it's early. <laughs> I feel like whenever we're in Mexico, you always expect to stay up late. Like when we went to the, the wedding in Mexico City, yeah, things get started and you're serving food at like 2, 3 a.m. The party doesn't end till much later. Oh, yeah. Definitely to be expected there. But nevertheless, that last day there on Sunday, we did have to head back to Mexico City. And we decided to do this because, one, we love Mexico City. We wanted to spend some time there. But, two, our flight on Monday morning was very early in the morning, I think like 7 a.m. So it just made sense for us to get back there and spend a night there so we were closer, closer to the airport than that two-hour bus ride. Because this was now just us two, now we're, you know, we have a little bit of privacy we decided to rent this Airbnb that was this gorgeous Japanese-themed three-story Airbnb in the Khan neighborhood. It was so cool. Like, everything was so spot-on to the theme of, of Japan and just absolutely amazing. I wish I could have spent more time at the Airbnb, honestly. You know, I did see one of your pictures that you sent to me or you posted where um, it maybe had it on stories where they had the really big bathtub and like rose petals, right? Yes. That was part of the reason why I wanted to rent it because this is my birthday, right? So I'm living out my birthday dreams here. And in this Japanese Airbnb, they offered a rose petal service where if you pay a small fee, they will bring you a giant tub of rose petals and they'll, they'll draw the bath for you, but I didn't have them do it because we had gone out. And so we took a bath full of red rose petals <laughs> and the bath was on the third top story on the outdoor terrace. So it was an outdoor bath at night filled with rose petals. Oh, I didn't realize it was outdoors. That's so cool. They had champagne too, and I would have popped it, but at this point, I'm kind of, I'm over it. <laughs> Could only go so hard, Kim, over 30. Yeah, and we had a really early morning the next day. So we did get to go out in Koyakon. We went to another food market there. It's 
Mercado de Comida. I highly recommend going there. There were so many good food places to eat. We got this delicious quesadilla that was like fried with amazing like shredded chicken in it. It was so, so good. I was stuffed and I was still like, I think I want one more thing. <laughs> and that was nice too. There, there was some type of holiday going on apparently because even though this was a Sunday night, there were people out everywhere, vendors everywhere, families everywhere. So it was a very bustling Sunday night out there. I think we went back to the room about 10, did did our beautiful rose petal bath, got up early the next morning, had our Uber scheduled to pick us up at 5 a.m., did not want to bother with the subway in Mexico City during more Monday morning traffic. You didn't? Because like you had a bad experience <laughs> on the subway before in Mexico City or? I'm traumatized from that one experience doing rush hour on the subway that one time. Like, I don't know if I'll ever go back. <laughs> and I feel like that's a good time to squat tip and interject to anybody who hasn't been to Mexico City and looking to go. Their subways are very crowded. If you guys have listened to previous episodes and may recollect, that's actually the only place I've ever had Anything stolen from me in travels is on that subway in Mexico City. And, you know, we had gone. We were there on a weekend and we heard all those stuff like, oh, it's so crowded, this, that, and the other. And we're like, what's everybody talking about? It's not too bad. Lo and behold, we're leaving on a Monday and that's the first time that we use it. And it is a shit show in there with just the crowds and everything like that. So if you can, definitely do avoid the subway. So, Good call on that. Well, Jamal, you said um, you got something stolen on the subway. When we were there, we didn't even make it onto the subway. We made it to the platform. That's true. We couldn't even make it onto the subway because it was so crowded. I was on the platform when my phone got jacked from my pocket. Very correct, Brittany. Thank you for that correction. Absolutely. We did hit the VIP lounge in the airport here in Mexico City. The best lounge. You can order off of a menu. They have a full bar. Although I actually did not get a drink here. Kim didn't get a drink. If Kim didn't even do champagne in the rose bath, I am sure the early the next morning she still wasn't feeling a drink. Sometimes she does mimosas. Well, sometimes you need the hair of the dog in you after all that drink, and no doubt. But you know what? It sounds like the first couple of days they rocked it real hard. So I don't. Yeah, absolutely. It was an amazing trip, though. It was great to see his cousin and get shown around like that. And there's so much more to see. So I will definitely be going back. Well, I'm super excited that we heard all about it. Sounds like a perfect trip. I do have a few questions for you. First question is, how much would you say this trip cost you guys? I don't actually know how much the flight cost because it was part of my birthday gift. So for me, it was free. So squad tip. <laughs> Could travel for free from for your birthday present. And then we stayed with his cousin for the first couple of nights. The Airbnb in Mexico City, I want to say, was like 150 for the night, which is high for Mexico, but it was this grand theme and that included the rose petal bath. So it was a little bit of a splurge. So I guess kind of get a better idea since those circumstances really hinder you from giving like a true cost, of course. But what would you say in terms of drinks and food and transportation while you're traveling about between Puebla, Cholula, Mexico City, all that stuff. Very reasonably priced, I would say then, right? Maybe the hotels and stuff you can't really say, but food-wise, not too expensive, right? No, absolutely not. You know, typically in the U.S., let's just say a drink is 10 bucks. 
in Mexico, it's probably, depending on what you get, like a beer could be two bucks. A, a cocktail could be five to seven, depending on what you're getting and where you're at. Food, the same thing. Like you could expect it to be a few dollars less than what you'd see regularly in the U.S., Transportation-wise, we drove to a lot of places, so it's super drivable. The bus ticket, I think, was around 30 each way, so also super affordable. Mexico, in general, is a much more affordable place to travel than the U.S., and mm -hmm. that was certainly there in Puebla. That's really awesome. And I want to say, too, I want to give distinction. When you're talking those prices and generalities for Mexico, of course, we are not including any of the hotspots like Cancun, Tulum, Cabo, those places are a racket. You could expect American prices, but anywhere else within Mexico that's not super touristy like that, especially along the ocean and coast, those are the general prices that you're going to find. Yeah, and even though it's not a touristy destination for the U.S., it very much is for Mexicans. There were tons of tourists there. Oh, that's really good to know. So I know you went to a few different places on this trip, but if you were only to spend your time in Puebla, how many days would you say you need in Puebla to really get a good feel for it? I would say two full days or maybe three days with the travel in there. And especially if you're staying somewhere more central where it's walkable and you don't need to take a, an Uber or a taxi from place to place, you can definitely do it in two days and, and really drink it up. No pun intended. <laughs> Well, is there anything else, Kim, that you want to share with our listeners? No, I mean, I think I covered it all. If you take this trip and you go to those waterfalls, let me know if they really were as hyped up as I thought they were. And, and that's all. Well, Kim, you got me super hyped to check out Puebla. We're a short flight away here from Tijuana to Mexico City, not too far off from Puebla. So you've inspired us to go and to Guanajuato, too. I still can't believe Brittany and I haven't been to those. So maybe coming up soon, since the first time was there, taken around by locals, you have a lay of the land squad trip. We're going to Puebla and we're going to get a little bit more cultural on it. huh? Add it to the books. There you go. All right, squaddies. Thank you so much for tuning into our episode this week. Keep the adventures going with us on social. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok at Travel Squad Podcast and send us in your questions. If you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, squaddies. Bye. Bye.